This is the Spiritual Burrito. day. I'm Samuel Ryan. I'm John Hembury. And we are coming out of James chapter 5. We are on our second to last episode. We are about to conclude James, but Mm -hmm. in the meantime, we are having a warning to the rich and then patience and endurance. We're going to go through verses 1 to 13. It'll be a little bit different, kind of gapped them in in a little different order, but It's all good, (laughs) and we hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Warning to the rich, verse 1, James chapter 5. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. Very, very intense words, colorful language that James is explaining to us. You know, we see such a similarity between James' teachings and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, almost as if he was reiterating his brother. A little hereditary genetic similarities (laughs) between the two against the rich. And, you know, we see time and time again in the Bible, and and it is mentioned so many times that the rich need to be humbled Mm -hmm. in their circumstances. They need to be humbled with the things that they've been given, but also to remember that everything that has been given can be taken away. If it's taken for granted, then we see that we are no longer trying to fill a need, a need to, you know, pay the bills, get groceries, but we start to to see the pursuit of fulfilling a want. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we start desiring worldly things instead of those godly things that, that God really wants and encourage us, encourages us to have in our lives. Yeah. I mean, obviously James has some pretty harsh words to say to the rich people. And, and here's the thing. Is it a, is it a sin to be rich? No. No, it's not. But the warnings are very harsh, I think, because there's such a temptation with when it comes to wealth, riches or treasures, whatever term you prefer. But there's such a there's such a temptation to say, look at what I've got. Look at what I've done and not recognize the one who gave it to you. Um, And so so James is. I mean, he's he's not mincing words here. He's being pretty clear, like, listen, you rich folks, and as we're going to get into it, especially those of you who have done things in shady ways, like, you need to watch out. Uh, and he's he says, you know, your, your gold and silver, they've corroded, this is verse 3, their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You've laid up treasure in the last days. So you've, you've put your focus into treasures that don't last rather than the things that are lasting. And it will, it will eat your flesh like fire, he says. Yeah, and moving into verse 4, it says, For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. 
You have spent your years in, on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. <laughs> Very tough. Tough, <laughs> tough. And, you know, we see that James really points out that everything that we're acquiring on this earth is going to go away. Mm -hmm. It's going to fade away. It's going to return to the ground. And he doesn't say this, but he implies it, that we should be building up our eternal our eternal treasure. Mm -hmm. We should be reaching out to souls. And if we have been given a lot, we should be giving back yeah. freely with an open heart and not making it to where we're conducting business unfairly and in that process hurting other people. Yeah. You know, when, when you are a rich landowner in, I mean, especially in this part of the world, you know, the Holy Land, Israel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but in the whole Roman Empire, if you were if you were a rich landowner, there wasn't a lot that you I mean, almost couldn't do. Okay, so for a rich landowner to want to, you know, add a little bit to his land from his poor neighbor, what's that poor neighbor going to do? He can't afford to take you to court. And when you bring it before a judge or something like that, who are they going to trust? The rich, wealthy, successful guy or the poor guy? Uh, and so this was something that sadly happened. Um, and James is talking about it here. I, I can remember a passage in the book of Micah talking about the same thing, that, uh, you know, these these rich landowners and they're taking advantage of the poor around them. And so they're, they're lying, cheating, stealing. I mean, he even says, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're killing these people because you've, you know, you've, you've kept back their wages from them. You've, you've stolen from them. You've stolen their land, their harvest, all these things. And you've done it to, you've done it for your self-indulgence and what James says at the end of verse five is you have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Ouch. <laughs> oh man. That like a, like a fattened calf just yeah. eating. Cause they think, Oh man, the food's good. Not knowing what lies ahead. Uh, when, you know, when we act that way, when it comes to, you know, putting our focus on, on earthly treasures, James ends up that section with, with saying, or finishes up that section with saying, you've condemned and murdered the righteous person, and he doesn't resist you. Uh, and the righteous one isn't retaliating because they trust in the Lord's judgment. And so you go ahead and take advantage. Harsh, harsh warnings against the rich about where they're putting their focus and where they're putting their trust. So then we kind of turn the corner, and so we go from the ones who have been doing the abusing and the taking advantage of to those who are being taken advantage of. And James says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. And this is a reminder that when the Lord comes, he's going to set everything right. So be patient until then. Wait until then. See how the farmer waits for the precious food of the earth, or fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. Will you also be patient? Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So he's saying just like a farmer waits, and it's that patience that brings him the fruit, that brings him the harvest. Our patience, our steadfastness, waiting on the Lord, that brings fruit in our lives too. 
And I think a big thing we should keep in mind about the section that John just went over is, you know, there's a lot of work to be done when we're pursuing our faith, when we're pursuing our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to happen. I mean, there has mm-hmm. to be there has to be work on both sides. Absolutely. You know, we can't just pray, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. Take that away from me. <laughs> and if the Lord doesn't do that, we can't think to ourselves, man, he has forsaken me. But we have to pray for motivation to get up and then exercise. It's it's a two-way road. And But Lord, if you would want to take away those 50 pounds from me. <laughs> Sam doesn't have it to lose, but I do. So... <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the the best things in life happen with hard work and over time. You yeah. know, it's almost like, you know, a, a microwave, will hit, it'll heat up a meal for you. But, man, that meal's not going to be like a crockpot meal. No doubt. Oh, my gosh. Pizza rolls in the microwave are not even close to as good as pizza rolls in the oven. It's true, but you got to... Do you want to wait a half an hour, or do you want to wait two minutes? Exactly. Uh, you can't rush the Lord. Exactly. <laughs> it. it is in His time. And I think just as we should remember that we need to be patient, we need to endure that suffering as if we're waiting <laughs> waiting on our Lord and Savior to mm-hmm. come back during that time. Yeah. As hard as that can be, and you know, as hard as when we're going through that to think about, we have to keep that in mind. In those situations is what strengthens our faith. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to also keep in mind in verse 9, it says, Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. At the end of that, he is talking about Jesus. He's mm-hmm. talking about our Lord, that he is the only one that can judge us on what we do on this earth. If we judge, then we are breaking God's law. Yeah. And, you know... As blameless as some of us may think we are, we are. <laughs> and it's not our place. It can cause division. Yeah. And it's just something that we need to avoid. Yeah. Well, it's hard to when, you know, especially when we're, if we're suffering, especially at, at the hands of someone else or because of something someone else did, you know, I mean, yeah, I understand how natural it is to be frustrated with that person. But what, But if we're going on and grumbling and grumbling and grumbling about them, are we are we trusting that God is going to take care of the situation? Are we trusting that that ultimately he is the judge, not us? And so, you know, the only thing that grumbling is going to do is cause division between us and other people. And. Honestly, it just sours our own attitudes and our own feelings. You know, I'm sure all of us have been through those times where it's like we just keep rehashing over and over in our minds the, you know, that thing that that guy said or the uh, what that lady did or, you know, whatever it may be that we just sometimes it's hard to get those cycles out of our head, but it doesn't produce anything good in us. And so James is saying, don't don't get into that cycle. Don't do that because we already have a judge. You're not it. <laughs> Let's trust in the one who is. And I even think another point that we should think about is who we are associating with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might have observed something. We have gotten over it, and they just bring it back up again. Mm-hmm. And those feelings just come up. I really think we should avoid situations like that mm-hmm. because that can be like a fire. Yeah. If they're just bringing it up over and over again, how can we 
find forgiveness for that person. And I think we need to be very careful in situations like that. And moving on, in verse 10, it, and we get a great example of patience and suffering. And it says, for example, of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets mm-hmm. who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. A man who basically got everything mm-hmm. taken away from him. His resources, his family, <laughs> everything. And a man who, who stayed true to his faith. A man who stayed true to his word. Someone we can always look up to, but, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> someone who we always say we want to mirror, but... You know, that's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot easier said than done. Yeah. Definitely a great a great Old Testament man that we can all look up to. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you look at the, I mean, the prophets, you know, especially through those, you know, the, the books of the prophets, they were not given an easy job. And in fact, you know, some of them were even told, listen, it's your job to go and preach to these people and they're not going to listen to you ever. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> that, that being your job? Listen, here's what you're supposed to do, and you are going to fail at it. But I want you to keep doing it always, always, always failing. How incredibly discouraging that would be. And then even some of the things, like, there was one time Ezekiel was told to lay on his side for over a year as an illustration to the people of Israel. And and so we have these prophets who were willing to do whatever it was that the Lord asked them to do and not necessarily reaping much of a reward from it, uh, but they were still doing what God asked. And they're, and they're seen as righteous for that. They're seen as blessed because of it, because they acted on their faith, not on what they were seeing around them. And so we can take their example and be patient. And the things that they were talking about, you know, when they're saying, listen, Israel, you better turn it around or things are going to happen. It's not going to be good. Now, one day down the line, there's going to be a deliverance. But right now, things are going to be bad first. Well, it it did come to pass that there was that deliverer that came. And so they were seen as, uh, I mean, yes, they they suffered and they were patient. But what they were waiting for did come to pass. It did come true. And so what an incredible example for us then. If, If men like that can go through things like that and patiently wait through it, suffer through it, we probably can too. For sure. And you know, outweighing my options, I mean, either go to a certain town that is definitely gonna, you know, ridicule me or be <laughs> swallowed by a whale. <laughs> I don't know. If I, if I knew ahead of time I was going to be swallowed by, well, a big fish. <laughs> Let's clarify. Let's clarify here. A big fish. You know, I'm probably probably going to go testify the Lord's name. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yep. <laughs> and kind of branching off from the main part of patience and endurance, James finishes off this little section in verse 12 by saying, But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no 
so that you will not sin and be condemned. John and I had a little trouble coming up with layman's terms <laughs> for this. It's kind of an abstract concept that James kind of pushed in there, but you know, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem at least on the surface, it doesn't seem to connect much yeah. with what's said above. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if we are accountable in Christ, mm-hmm. then we're also going to be men and women of our word. Yeah. If we say something, we don't need to reassure people that we're going to follow through and do something. Yeah. We said it once. It's a simple yes or no. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it. Yeah. And we're going to follow through with that. Yeah. No if. And or butts about it. Yep. Yeah, that's something that, you know, a conversation I've had with my kids times before. (laughs) And I'm sure I'll have the conversation again. But, you know, if if we have to bolster what we're saying to someone with, you know, I swear, I swear, I promise, I promise, I'm serious, I'm serious, you know, just to get them to trust us, that probably means we haven't been very trustworthy. If we have to sit here and, like, heap up more and more words just to prove ourselves as trustworthy when shouldn't we be the kind of people that yes means yes and no means no period and kind of to wrap up a warning to the rich and a patience and endurance i believe that if we are accountable to the lord then we're going to treat people fairly in business Mm -hmm. we're going to treat people fairly in general based on whatever type of income that we have Mm -hmm. and if we are accountable to the lord then we are going to be patient through suffering and we're going to endure through that yeah i think that's exactly what we have to keep in mind and i think that's exactly what james is conveying i know i said conveying last week i'm i'm going to try and come up with a different (laughs) word but conveying to us um that we need to stay accountable to the lord in our faith and that's basically what helps us treat people fairly and you know strengthen our faith in the lord yeah i think conveying is a good word sam but that's you're you're absolutely right you know if if we are holding ourselves if if we are accountable to god it's gonna it's gonna color the other things that we do you know it's gonna spill over into how we treat others are we like he said you know whether in business or uh or or whatever are, are we treating people fairly are we you know, giving them the things that they deserve or the things that were promised to them. And if we're accountable to the Lord, we can wait to see what God is going to do with a situation and through a situation and knowing that ultimately one day everything will be made right. And, and we may not see that on this side of death, but we know that God is faithful He's faithful, and, and so we can trust in him uh, to the end. And, and yeah, then to sum it up, that if we're, if we're going to be accountable to God, that's going to color our speech too. And so what we say, we mean, and we mean what we say. John and I want to thank you for another fantastic episode of The Spiritual <laughs> Burrito. We were looking on our statistics and analytics of The Spiritual Burrito, and that's we right. saw 201 total plays. I think we're up to like 206 now. 206 so to those five players. people who have listened to the other day. Now we do know <laughs> that you're playing it 
and you might not hear this because you're not listening to the end, but you are playing, and we thank you for that. Absolutely. I'm Samuel Ryan. And I'm John Hembry, and hey, we hope this episode of The Spiritual Burrito was satisfying to your soul. Hey, if you're on social media, come give us a follow. We're on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at The Spiritual Burrito. Uh, Yeah, there's no other accounts with that name, okay? (laughs) But come follow us, uh, check out what we're doing, join our journey. And here's the thing, if you listen and like what you hear here at The Spiritual Burrito, would you share it with a friend? Let them know about it. Maybe share it on your social media platform. And whatever platform you listen to this on, whether it's you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a subscribe or a follow and leave us a rating and review. Listen, that just helps us to get The Spiritual Burrito out to more people. And we just want to feed everybody spiritual burritos. Thanks. <laughs> Did you have anything else to add there, Sam? Okay. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> right? He can't afford to. And. But Lord, if you would want to take away those (laughs) pounds from me.